Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock it! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is Hammer and Nigel on a Friday. Now with 100% less Hammer or Nigel, I'm Ethan Hatcher filling in alongside Jerry Lopez from Indie Spanglish. Happy to be here running around with you guys on a Friday afternoon. Also, of course, producer Allison doing her hard work on the board as always. We're just going to stand there like a lemon. We appreciate what she does. Thanks for listening to WIBC. Jerry, there is so much to get into, a lot to talk about, most notably and perhaps most pertinent for our Indianapolis audience is a mayoral candidate, Republican mayoral candidate, ostensibly for mayor, Jefferson Shreve, puzzlingly, bewilderingly, perplexingly, seemingly chose to detonate his campaign on Thursday afternoon, announcing his public safety plan and giving six points, but as far as I can tell, it's mostly the same stuff you get from Joe Hogsett. Ah! Yeah, I, I saw a sign yesterday that said Shreve for Hogsett. And uh, <laughs> it, it's like the one thing that he couldn't do, he did day one. Day one, you do the exact opposite of what everybody wants. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try my best not to pile on because I think he's had a rough 24 hours, deservedly so, but I'm going to try to take the other side of the coin for some of these uh, some of these things that he's done. Okay. I'm going to try my best. I'm going to try my best. Well, let's go point by point because right. he says we need to appoint a public safety director who will have a sole focus on security. I'm fine with that. Good you with object? that. Good okay. with that. Uh, hiring 300 MPD officers, which would fully staff the department. Cool. On board. Going to be hard to do if you don't support your police officers, and if your prosecuting uh, attorney for the city is letting out criminals, people don't want to be cops. So True. we got to fix all of that, too. Well, he is running on holding uh, uh, the prosecutor's department accountable and the, mayor, the mayor's office accountable as well. But here's where we run into problems, because he also wants to implement an aggressive strategy combating gun violence by asking for the authority to raise the minimum gun pur- purchasing age to 21 and requiring a permit to carry and banning assault weapons in Indianapolis. Ugh. No, no, no. How, how to lose an election in one no. step. No. So-called assault weapons aren't even the problem with crime here in Indianapolis. It's mostly people running around with small handguns. It's not folks running with your so-called assault rifle or AR-15s in right. the middle of the streets. It's pistols. Even an so, AR-15 is not an assault rifle. Right. No, I mean, that's a made-up term. Right, yeah. That, but, the, but, uh, that, but just g- using the language Yeah, but as somebody who was a veteran and you hear assault rifle, assault weapons, you're like, these are not, these are, these... These are not military. They say, what do they like to say? Military style. <laughs> Meaning, not a handgun, not a shotgun. Military grade is not what you think it means. No. Anyway, here's Jefferson Street. If you don't believe us making the announcement uh, in a commercial for his support for assault weapons ban. For seven years, Joe Hogsett has failed to keep Indianapolis safe. Violent crime has gotten worse. Election year smears are all Joe has left. You've probably seen them. Here's the truth. Jefferson Shreve supports a ban on assault weapons and the repeal of permitless carry. It's part of his plan to make Indy safe. Get the police back at full strength and invest more in mental health. Stop it! Stop it! Please! I beg you! It's a sin! It's a sin! It's a sin! It's a mistake. 
this is a mistake, pure and simple, because in a close election, we know it's an uphill battle. Why you would not differentiate yourself from your opponent is baffling to me. I knew that Jefferson Shreve wasn't showing the fire. He's got enough money to put on the fire, but now it's revealed there's no fire there because he apparently basically agrees with the policies of Joe Hawksnot. No! So, So I think what he did here is he knew that when the city council passed this the other day, Mm -hmm. that it didn't really matter, right? It's not going to go through, okay? But what he didn't want to do is give Hogsett that win at the end where he goes, well, we tried. And I think that's what he's trying to do is to say, well, I would have done the same thing, knowing that it's not going anywhere. Okay, but you bring up a fantastic point because especially knowing that these proposals will go nowhere. Yeah. Why would you? Why would you put this out there? I think it's to try He's to get by, the, he the or, upset Democrats. He wants the Democrats that are upset that want to see something done in their city, and he's basically feeding them the same hogwash that that Hogshead is. Okay, so maybe the goal here is to persuade Democrats to vote for you, but I don't think you're ultimately going to secure victory by completely alienating your base. I agree. And he says this policy is well thought out. Eh, he plagiarized. I just released it. my public safety plan for a safer Indianapolis. A lot of thought and a lot of listening went into this plan. Fool this man! <laughs> Great scene from Half Baked. Yeah. Did now did it did 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 it really take a lot of thought here? You know, is this really based on consensus? I'm not sure because it seems like he's completely cut out the Republican base from the the process here. This is a disaster. This is an unmitigated disaster. And I will continue in all likelihood to support Jefferson Shreve because I loathe Joe Hogsett. Uh, Joe Hogsett. Um, he has completely tanked Indianapolis, Marion County. Um, it's not the city that I recognize from just seven short years ago. And if it were literally an orange peel versus Joe Hogg's not, I'm voting orange peel every time. So although I think this policy proposal is disastrous, first of all, state law would preempt it. Second of all, I, j- I just need Joe Hogsett gone. I think yeah. you're you're hindering your ability to win, but you got my support. Maybe, as you pointed out, Jerry, um, this is an attempt to kind of uh, uh, appeal away. Because he's got to win some people on the left to win right. the city. He has to. He, he has can't, to. He can, get all, he can get all the R's. You're still going to lose. Yeah. Doesn't matter. You have to get D's. 60% of Marion County And I think that's what this Democrat. is. Now, I will say my one concern is if people stay home on election day in, in Marion mm-hmm. County, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. we have have a big chance of being swept on the council. So if you're upset about the mayor, leave that spot blank. But please, let's try to do something for our council. Yeah. We cannot lose those spots. No, there there are definitely other elections that you need to really participate matter. in. <laughs> really so matter. Even if, even if you're upset at Jefferson Shreve, you know, don't walk away no. on election day. No. Municipal you, elections are already so poorly participated in. You we, will have yourself to blame for the next four years if you don't show up. And it's gonna get it's gonna get worse. So, I mean, obviously, this is disappointing to myself and to the WIBC audience that Jefferson Shreve is going to make this public policy announcement. I think it is incredibly regressive, but we'll see ultimately how it pays off because we've got a few months from now until Election Day and maybe he can just you know churn out the big dollars and that's what will convince people to vote because that's that's what worked in the primaries. Indy Star reported uh, people's comments on uh, uh, primary voting day and one thing that kept popping up was Jefferson Shreve's prominence was the fact that I saw him on TV. I saw his mailers in my box. 
I was familiar with the name, therefore I'm voting for the candidate. Maybe that strategy is going to hold out in the general election. We'll see. Well, he, he showed up on day one and said, all right, what do you want first, the bad news or the bad news? <laughs> Right, And I think if he gets this out front, maybe it's a great strategy. Let me give you the one thing you're going to hate first day. And I'll try to, you know, fix it, fix it going down. But I think he had, I think he had to do this. I hate it because no concern, especially in Indiana, constitutional carry, uh, criminals don't, are not going to stop carrying these guns because they're illegal in the state. By definition, they're criminals. They don't follow the law anyway. So this really just hurts your base. Yeah. But I don't think we're going to vote for a hog set that we're going to be so mad. We're going to vote for a hog set. We'd never do that. Pinning the uh, Marion County crime problems on your Republican base in right. in an election right. year is probably not the best route to go, but maybe Jefferson Shreve and his uh, strategy team have tapped into something that I'm not, <laughs> not focused on. <laughs> Thanks for listening to 93 WIBC. Thanks for listening to the show, ladies and gentlemen. This is your fill-in host, Ethan Hatcher, accompanied by Jerry Lopez from Indie Spanglish. We're in for Hammer and Nigel. Jason will be returning to your airwaves, regularly scheduled on Monday. But in the meantime, we are running wild and so much to talk about, including a gaseous interruption at a uh, press dinner for RFK Jr. This was hilarious. It was covered on page six from the New York Post and described as, quote, polemic farting. <laughs> as an amazing descriptor. I just love that. What, what a story, right? So it starts out by somebody talking about the climate hoax. Uh-huh. And somebody gets upset. and uh, It was actually a host that was upset by that. Uh, Doug Deckert, who was upset by the uh, mention of uh, 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 env- environmental politics. And he, he called it the climate hoax. Yep, starts saying, shut up and calls the guy a blob. And, <laughs> and then, as he said, let out a loud, prolonged fart and started screaming. He shouted it. He shouted, I'm, I'm farting. farting. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. Well, he did apologize. And the, the apology is the most amazing apology you've ever heard in your life. But he didn't apologize, no, he apologized to, the to the person whose dinner it was. He apologized to the paper. To the, right, to the paper. <laughs> what is this? Like, you you skipped a step here, guy. You know, yeah. maybe you should be apologizing to the, the person whose dinner this was for. But no. Go ahead and tell he us said, what the apology was. I am sorry for using my flatulence as a medium for public commentary in your presence. Hey, I think flatulence <laughs> is a fine medium for public commentary, especially with uh, public discourse in the sewer like it is. So, you know, farting seems perfectly at home. Parents of young boys, write that line down, and that's how they need to apologize for farting at school. So, basically, this was like a scene from uh, Eddie Murphy's The Nutty Professor. You remember that? That's a throwback. I do. I do. Yeah, lots of crude comedy there. But, I, I mean, you know, it just shows you how unserious a lot of these characters are. And behind closed doors, they turn into a cartoon show. I mean, imagine being at a dinner in uh-huh. New York City, a press at, dinner at Tony's, at Tony's and somebody place. gets up 
and just starts farting and screaming about it. And shouting about it. Yeah, no, that, I mean, and I guess that's why they aptly dubbed it polemic farting, which again, I just love the descriptor. Absolutely hysterical. Um, There was another news story that caught my attention regarding farting, and it's a couple years old now, but a suspect was tracked down in Missouri. Police were searching for him, didn't have to release the uh, uh, sniffing dogs because he gave away the location with a poorly timed fart. Basically, he crapped his pants when the yeah. cops got close. Well, <laughs> you know, hey, if uh, they were chasing after me, maybe maybe I'd do something like that, too. You, you never know. Um. <laughs> but how embarrassing. how embarrassing. How embarrassing. You're the guy that got caught because he farted. <laughs> like, that's... Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You were supposed to get caught. Oh, I forgot to mention, you know, if you wanted to fart in an environmental conversation, you know who would have been great to have uh, sitting down at the dinner? Greta Thunberg. There is no planet B. There is no planet blah. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. We can no longer let the people in power decide. Blah, blah, blah. Did you hear me? What do we want? Blah, blah, blah. But it starts with blah. I mean, her her whole dialogue is basically like one endless fart because she's full of hot air. Get it? See, I, there's the connection. I feel so bad for that little girl. I mean, I think her parents have ruined her, but the left has turned her into like their, their martyr. She got arrested in Sweden the other day. Did you see that? No. This was for a protest against oil um, in mid-June, and we're just finding out about it now. Uh, but she she was arrested for not following police orders, and they brought her into custody. Now, in Sweden, most of the time, um, that charge is not met with jail time. It's just a fine, so she's probably going to get a slap on the wrist there. But she was, she was officially cuffed for disregarding orders in Sweden. And I bet they took a picture, put it on a shirt, and started selling it. You know, the, the issue with this big oil stuff. These protests are really ramping up. I think they had one at, at Wimbledon. And this guy bought a, I, correct me, I, I think it was like a 10,000 piece puzzle and threw it on the court. Just all the pieces go everywhere. Okay. Somebody had to pick that all up, right? Okay. Big oil, the same people are uh, protesting. They're going to the museums and gluing themselves to artwork or gluing themselves to the roads. Or I, I, I or, suggest we just leave them there. Just leave them there. Or protesting LGBT pride parade. This was yeah. uh, caught on tape in London, I believe it was, at the LGBT pride festival. Uh, the Stop Oil campaign. It was gays against gays. Yep. They b- blocked in front of the uh, Coca-Cola sponsored Pride Parade float and it was other Pride Parade participants <laughs> that were laying in front of the float so it was very confusing but they were upset because of Coca-Cola's uh, contributions to the so-called environmental crisis. I love lib on lib protests. Those are awesome. I live for those. <laughs> You're listening to 93 WIBC Ethan Hatcher and Jerry Lopez filling in. One, two, three uh. My baby you're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Welcome back to Hammer and Nigel. I'm Ethan. That's Jerry Lopez. And want to congratulate, congratulate lucky listener Carl in Indianapolis. He was uh, caller number seven and won those tickets to the Eagles in October at Gainbridge Fieldhouse. Fantastic. Thanks for calling. Thanks for playing. And enjoy the show. Love the Eagles.
This is 93 WIBC. This segment, we're going to be talking about the uh, NATO summit and uh, Vladimir Zelensky appearing to be more contrite and appreciative for the enormous support uh, he's received globally, um, seemingly at the spurring of the UK Defense Secretary Ben Wallace, who has been more upfront with the, uh, the country of Ukraine than the United States has, saying that his country, the United Kingdom, is not Amazon for weapons of the NATO members, and he wants to see a bit of gratitude out of Zelensky. Like, no kidding. I'm on board with this. What say you, Jerry? And I think all of us or all these countries are starting to feel like parents that are being taken advantage of by their kids. Yeah. Like, every time we go to the store, I'm not going to buy you something. We just got finished with the forever war of Afghanistan, and without skipping a beat, here's this other eternal conflict that crops up in Ukraine. That, you know, There's always a reason for the uh, military-industrial complex to continue continuously producing munitions and at the expense of American taxpayers. It's ridiculous. But I'm glad to see a little bit of pushback here from the UK Defense Secretary uh, reported by The Guardian. He said during the NATO summit in Lithuania that whether we like it or not, people want to see a bit of gratitude from Ukraine. And we should, because... No, none of these nations had to step up and help Ukraine. It would have been easy to allow Russia to railroad over them. I mean, hell, part of the reason why we're in this mess is because Biden actively invited the conflict to happen. And we'll play those sound bites later in the segment. But, you know, again, emphasizing the fact that we didn't have to step up here. This isn't our conflict. They're not even a NATO member and yet receiving the support of the world. So, yeah, we should receive a little bit of gratitude here. It's all also interesting that this conflict has revealed in many ways the paper tiger that Putin's military is. I love the line uh, from an otherwise lackluster candidate in Mike Pence when he said uh, that Russia went from being the second most powerful military in the world to being the second most powerful military in the country of Ukraine. What a zinger. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's we've we've made the change, though, right? Because I think yesterday they put on alerts and reserve it. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Right, so Biden came out and put put some reservists on, on alert to go to Europe. Oh, so we're actually going to be putting boots on the that's ground. That's what it now. looks that like. would be a And that's major, a game changer. That would yeah, be a game changer. I know they put them on alert. Right. I, I, I don't I don't know what units. I don't know if Indiana reserves are attached to that. But, yeah, that's that's right. I know thing. the Biden administration has talked about it, um, but it's interesting that they're finally putting that into play. And because of this instigation from the uh, UK defense secretary and insisting on a level of gratitude from Ukraine, they saw results on the uh, the UK summit. Zelensky said in a speech, I'm grateful to all leaders in NATO countries for very practical and unprecedented support. But he also specifically thanked American taxpayers, I believe, for the first time that I'm aware of. And you gave us huge support. I want to thank to all Americans who understand that it's more than 43 billions for today. It's big support. And I understand that it's all your money, but but you have to know that you spend this money for, for not, not just for fighting. You spend this money for our lives. 
I mean, that's a heck of a way to end that statement. If he doesn't say for our lives, I probably am a little bit more upset about it, but it's hard to put a price on this stuff. But he said 43 billion. I've seen a number closer to 75 when we include military support and other little things that we've done for them. And you're talking about a country that's dealing with inflation, fentanyl crisis, southern borders wide open, uh, uh, an inept administration. Oh, talk about inept, because we've already had multi-million dollar accounting errors in Ukraine's yeah. favor, like, oh, we just somehow mistakenly sent in an extra 10 to 25 yeah. million. Whoopsie daisy. Remember when Trump wanted 10 billion for the wall, and that yeah. was out of the question. Uh, that was just too much. The American economy couldn't sustain it. Now, when they say 75 billion, I don't know if that counts to 10% for the big guy, or if that's not in that number, so if we could figure that out, that probably help a little bit too. speaking about the big guy i feel a little conflicted when it comes to the war in ukraine because ordinarily i am governed by a non-interventionist policy i don't think that the united states should be the world's policeman and i don't think that we have any business being having boots on the ground at all times in all places of the world uh, to continue feeding the military industrial complex so i'm not ordinarily for conflicts like this but in the case of ukraine I feel that the United States is in some way diplomatically indebted to them after inviting the conflict to occur. Let's not forget that it was during it was only after a press conference by Joe Biden where he where he gave away that the United States would not intervene militarily were a minor incursion to occur. Russia will be held accountable if it invades and it depends on what it does. It's one thing if it's a minor incursion and then we end up having to fight about what to do and not do, et cetera. And at the time, the meat like that wasn't an insubstantial or insignificant drop. And it didn't take long for figures in the media to pick up on it. In the same press conference after he got done with his speech and they started taking questions, got called out by one of the reporters in the room. Did you just give permission for Russia to invade? Are you saying that a minor incursion by Russia into Ukrainian territory would not lead to the sanctions that you have threatened? Or are you effectively giving Putin permission to make a small incursion? Incursion into the country. <laughs> Good question. Um, so it did sound like, didn't it? Sad. Very sad. Sad. Yeah, yeah, that is what it sounded Man. like. <laughs> Man, this guy suffers from foot and mouth disease. But it shows you how important the role of the president is as the leader of the free world, because you cannot have mistakes like that. It invited an international conflict and it weakened the geopolitical and diplomatic position of the United States because he said, oh, we'll make sure that Russia pays if they invade. Well, Russia's invaded and they have yet to pay. So it makes him look weak. It makes the United States look weak. It makes us look like we're inviting and instigating trouble around around the world when we invite conflicts like that. So I, I feel in certain ways that we owe the support to the Ukraine because of the ineptitude by our executive. Now, if he would have played it closer to the chest, you know, if he would have uh, uh, continued to stray, um, you know, threaten intervention while while not, um, you know, giving away the cards, maybe there would have been a different outcome. This but is like being a parent and saying, I'm never really going to spank you. Right. <laughs> right. Like, don't do that or you're going to get a spanking. Also, I'm never going to spank you. He I mean, he gave it he gave it away to Putin. And then now as a result, 
millions of dollars, billions of dollars of American taxpayer money have been wasted, the countless hundreds, thousands of lives that have been lost in this conflict, the infrastructure that has been destroyed, uh, the, the disruption to not just you know Ukraine, but global supply chains. They were one of the uh, foremost producers of wheat in Europe. They've caused food shortages. Uh, food prices have increased, all because of the recklessness of the executive, again, highlighting the importance of competency at the highest levels of the American government. Shouldn't shouldn't be a surprise to anybody, but there's the real-world applicable example. Right. Everybody likes to talk about what does the president do. This is what he does. Okay. He goes up there, and he stands firm, and he goes, America will not waver. This uh-huh. is where we stand. As soon as you show weakness, it's game over. This what it, Sharks smell the blood in the water. And that's exactly what happened here. Putin smelled the blood in the water. He saw the weakness. He saw his chance to intervene in Ukraine. And even now, they're talking about uh, capitulation in negotiations, appeasement like the Neville Chamberlain uh, plan. And we're just going to give him Crimea. Game over. Yep. If you give him Crimea you, Crimea, you may as well give him the whole damn country because that's the end game. Well, before this, what did Putin see? He saw a horrible pullout in Afghanistan by the exact same administration. Mm-hmm. These guys have no clue what they are doing. You know what? Disastrous let's, just, let's go for Ukraine right now. They're not going to do anything. No. Um, I mean, in some ways, it's, it would seem that Putin made the correct call, although uh, vastly underestimating his own military potency, because, man, I think everybody expected them to steamroll over Ukraine. And the fact that this conflict is drug on now for more than a year, uh, Russia's not looking too good. He, he, he waited for the right president to pull this. Yeah, I'll tell you that for much. Sure. For sure, because uh, any other administration, there would have been action by now, um, if not to directly repeat, you know, re- repel Russia, then uh, there, there would be more support for Ukraine. You're listening to 93 WIBC. Uh, Ethan and Jerry Lopez filling in on Hammer and Nigel. Stay tuned because we've got so much left to cover, including Biden himself in the past admitting on camera that he is not squeaky clean and may, in fact, be corrupt. Dates all the way back to the 70s, and we'll play some more audio that actually backs that up. So stay tuned to 93 WIBC. Ethan Hatcher, Jerry Lopez filling in on Hammer and Nigel. Welcome back to Hammer and Nigel. I'm Ethan Hatcher from Saturday Night on The Circle. Jerry Lopez from Indie Spanglish on Twitter. We're filling in and covering this segment, a damning admission, although I'm certainly, I'm sure he didn't feel that way uh, at the time. Admission from Joe Biden, a clip that has not aged well, let's say. (laughs) He doesn't have many of those. Right. Um, But although he did have his faculty about him at this time, at least more so than currently. (laughs) Yeah, it's, uh, you can take a stroll down Biden memory lane and just pull clip after clip after clip. It, it never stops. You know, it's it's from racial jungle to oh, in, yeah. Indians working at gas stations to his wife saying Latinos are like tacos and come in, like it's just the family is full of of nice clips. This one was all the way back in 1974 when he essentially admitted corruption in the Biden crime family. Senator Biden, it's nice to have you here as the youngest member of the Senate, the one, therefore, who may expect the longest career there. I wonder if you'd say to us, since it's clear that you're not corrupt and you got elected, why should people think that the system produces corrupt results when there you are? Well, I'm not sure you should assume I'm not corrupt. 
said it. He said it. Yeah, yeah, there it is. There it is. But it's, I'm, thank you for that, though. The system does produce corruption, and I think implicit in the system is corruption, when in fact, whether or not you can run for public office, and it costs a great deal of money to run for the United States Senate, even from a small state like Delaware, uh, you have to go to those people who have money, and they always want something. So he gave away the game there. He's basically describing his own candidacy, you know, the corruption, the reason why, the rationale that you got to answer to those big money donors. And he is, after all, I think you mentioned to this uh, earlier, the big guy, 10% to the big guy. That And that that could be a lot of money. You're talking about billions of dollars, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's crazy to me that we don't allow professional athletes to gamble on games, but we let politicians make decisions on stocks and wars and stuff they can directly get money from. The Nancy Pelosi husband is the best investor of all time. Yeah, curious phenomenon where these the people best. go in, you know, with relatively low net worth and come out the other side as multi-millionaires. Hey. Who would have thought it would be so personally profitable to serve the American people? And hit on every single stock. There are no losers in the Pelosi household for that. Um, what's what's crazy about Joe Biden admitting, well, you shouldn't necessarily uh, say that I'm not corrupt, is the fact that the corruption dates back to the same time. So so that clip came from 1974. Now, in the midst of the presidential classified documents scandal, Joe Biden admitted he'd been taking documents since the 70s. In fact, <laughs> since the same year, 74, when that clip was recorded. I made voluntarily, no one's had to threaten to do anything. Voluntarily, when every single aperture I have with the house offices, everything for them to come and look and spend hours searching my home, invited them. Nobody, and so, and the best of my knowledge, the kinds of things they picked up are things that are from 1974, and stray papers. There may be something else I don't know. You stole it! He stole it! No, I didn't! So there we go. Since 1974, he was taking classified materials from a skiff the same year where he made that admission. Well, I'm not sure you shouldn't be saying that I'm cor- uh, I'm not corrupt. Well, duh, because he's pocketing top secret documents in his uh, cheap suit and taking them out on the outside of a skiff for who knows what reason, keeping a hold of them for decades, storing them in a cardboard box next to the Corvette in the yep. garage. What are you talking about? Oh, my God. <laughs> yep. To me, it's crazy because how many times have you been told ignorance is not a form of self-defense? But that's exactly what he's doing, right? He's like, well, I do have it, but I I had no ill intent. I didn't do this. I didn't. You're the president. You have the highest of high classified human intelligence. You have all that stuff. You have names and methods and means, and and you don't even know what you have. Yeah. No, in this case, the, the intent is completely irrelevant right. because the reality is you pocketed top secret documents. Yeah. The reality is at some point in the intervening more than 30 years, you would have become aware that these were in your possession. And instead of notifying the National Archives, you saw fit to keep it in the Delaware residence until it became politically yeah. y- you know, expedient to get rid of them. Well, it's I mean, so with after the Trump raid, right, at Mar-a-Lago. Mm-hmm. How many other presidents or vice presidents, because I think Pence had to turn in some stuff that he had over in his house in Carmel, right? Like, nobody else has had the issues that Trump has had with the exact same thing. No. And it highlights the double standard in the justice system, because if you're going to charge Trump with crimes of this nature, and look, I am one of these people that think, uh, uh, certainly by Trump's own admission, he screwed up here. Sure. When he's saying that I'm in possession of classified documents and didn't declassify them as president, and you're, you're saying it on tape, that's a problem. But you certainly 
have as bad, if not more so, practices from other bad actors in government, most prominently among them. You mentioned it. Joe Biden keeping documents since the 1970s or Hillary Clinton with the The email server. Destroyed it. Destroying evidence, uh, interfering in an investigation um, or to even a lesser degree, uh, certainly uh, Vice President uh, Mike Pence, you know, but he wasn't keeping a hold of these documents since the 1970s. So if you're talking about degrees of wrongdoing, certainly Joe Biden takes the cake. As somebody who worked in a skiff for a mini number of years, you don't even get to take your cell phone in the building. Everybody knows what's coming in, what's coming out. You have guards and this and that. This does not happen on accident. No, it doesn't. Now, Mika, uh, we've heard the viral clip where Mika Brzezinski of MSNBC was blaming for all these gaffes and errors and Biden stumbling around. She blamed the staff. I think his staff needs to own his age. I'm just going to be honest. I don't think they do a good job uh, helping out the president. Well, the uh, Happy Fun Time Brigade over at MSNBC, Joe Scarborough, now they're trying to cover their tracks and they're saying, ah, oh, you know, it doesn't matter that he's stumbling around. It's not the uh, the staff's fault. Actually, Joe Biden's doing great as president. He's fantastic. I've got to say, Joe Biden, whether you're talking about the economics, whether you're talking about NATO, whatever you're talking about, he's doing a great job. Now the, uh, Sometimes he has trouble riding a bike, but Chris oh, Sell so, does as well. Okay, don't let's not get started on that. It's called okay. basic stage managing. Right. <clears throat> But in terms of domestic policy and what is happening on the world stage, Democrats have a lot to brag on for this president. What do they have to brag on? Can you name one thing that Democrats have to brag on? Just one? Just give me one. Just one. Serious? Everything. What what has he done? What has he done good? From the economy sucks to the transportation sucks uh, to the withdrawal from Afghanistan southern border sucks inflation sucks border everything sucks right now yeah. And that is solely at the feet of Joe Biden because, you know, the buck stops at the executive. Thanks for listening to Hammer and Nigel on 93 WIBC. Leaving it there for now. Stay tuned in the next segment because we're going to be coming back with the House Judiciary Committee confronting Christopher Ray. Fireworks went off. Uh, a conflict ensued. And it's going to make for a hell of a conversation up next.